Hey everyone, welcome again to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. The only difference today is it's not with Patrick and Jamie, it's with Jamie and Morgan. How you doing, Morgan? Great, how are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, Morgan and I have something in common. Uh, we both were raised in families where our uh, fathers uh, were and our pastors, and both in the Presbyterian Church. Yeah, it's true. So can you tell everyone out there, what's just so they know, What's the extra kind of added, maybe it's pressure, maybe it's kind of just uniqueness uh, of being a pastor's kid? Sure. Yeah, I loved being a pastor's kid. I think it was, I didn't realize how much of a gift it was until I went to college and started church hopping and like visiting churches. And I walked in and like, I didn't know anyone and no one knew who I was. And I was just really thrown off and no one like wanted to talk to me. (laughs) I was like, what's going on? Um, But I, yeah, we've been lucky to be in really great churches and um, just, yeah, I felt so supported over the years. And it's awesome to just know that there are so many people who are praying for you and thinking of you and wonder about your life. I get I go through seasons of life where I get like the same question 20 times on a Sunday morning, which is just kind of funny, but <laughs> it's, it's cool to know that people really care and just want to have conversation with you. And it's been awesome to just get to know people of all different ages. And I really enjoyed it. It is kind of weird when you, when you walk into church and everyone, I mean, people who seem like they're total random strangers yeah. <laughs> make him up to come up to you and like know your name. Yeah. And know things about your life. And you just kind of, there's a certain point where you just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah, it definitely was harder once I was in college and wasn't home as much. Because I, maybe I would have recognized people more when I was still living at home and at church every Sunday. But I kind of had to get better at the, yeah, that's awesome. Like, I don't totally know who you are, but I'm really glad we had this conversation. Yeah, it, it was interesting for me growing up too. Uh, I did enjoy going to some churches that were like at night mm-hmm. and where it was like really dark and no one could know who you were anyway um, because it was like a different church. It is weird. When you go to a different church, you're like, how come not every single person knows my name here? What is going on? But uh, th- thanks for being a part of our team and for being a part of this Devo. Today we're in John chapter seven and we're going to look at the first 13 verses of John chapter seven. So this is a part of our series that we're calling rules for the road. Uh, And all of these passages have been picked out because they talk about some transition, uh, some movement that's happened. We've talked about Jesus actually not necessarily being on the road, but walking on water. Uh, Transportation is kind of a theme. And so we are going to read John chapter seven, verses one through 13. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world." for even his own brothers did not believe him. Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here for you. Any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. 
After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, good. Morgan knows that part, too. <laughs> I grew up Presbyterian. Uh, is, there you go. <laughs> I know. Well, we don't even do that in our church, uh, typically. That's something that uh, Patrick has brought in for us, and it's a good reminder. Uh, when I'm at other Presbyterian churches, I hear that a lot. It's just kind of nice to know when you're done. So we have this situation where Jesus is about to go to the festival, and he's being pushed to go to the festival. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 it's good. I'm going to keep it low key. I think that's how I would translate it. He's like, it's time to be low key. It's not time to like, you know, show up in a big giant parade. We're going to be low key about this. And people are like, what are you doing, man? And then at the end, we hear some gossip. So I don't know, Morgan, let's take it from the beginning. Why don't you, uh, why don't you start us out and tell us kind of what you think? Maybe first couple verses here. Yeah. Before that, just overall, I think this, I love this like view into Jesus's life and this kind of angle on it. Cause in my mind it presents him, he's like, kind of like a spy. He's just like, I'm just going to like cruise in. I don't want anyone to know I'm there. Like, it's like, he's just coming in like, so like you were saying low key and it just makes him seem super cool. Like everyone's just kind of like whispering, Oh, have you seen this guy? Like, I don't know. But he's like, don't even like, don't, don't bring it up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he is. It is low key. And then sometimes though, like Jesus is way sneakier than we give him credit mm -hmm. for. Right. Yeah. There's multiple times in scripture we hear that Jesus kind of sneaks off. <laughs> yeah, which like, how do you and, do that? And, and, There's like thousands of people yeah, around like, just for you. Everyone, gone. everyone wants to see you. Everyone wants to, you know, be healed or to hear what you're saying or to have a conversation with you. And like Jesus just kind of gets real sneaky yeah, and disappears off, um, which, you know, I guess some people have that gift. I don't know. Is there a spiritual gift of sneakiness? Well, if there was, he definitely had it. <laughs> I guess so. You know, it's funny though. Like typically we don't trust sneaky people, mm -hmm. right? Like you wouldn't describe that as a positive trait. Like, oh yeah, my friend, my friend's super great. Uh, he's super, super sneaky. Yeah. Like what? Like <laughs> they just that like leave like, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you know, like here's a good example. Have you ever gone to like a get together, like maybe a house party, um, someone's place and you kind of want to leave. Mm -hmm. But like traditionally what you would do is you would find the host of the party and you would say, you know, thank you for having me. It's been really great. And then you give them some great excuse of why you have to leave and then you leave. Yeah. And you might along the way say goodbye to the people that you've talked to. Um, but occasionally at certain house parties and get togethers, that doesn't, uh, you know, that's going to take way too long. Mm -hmm. And so you just sneak. Yeah. It's called like, like an Irish just goodbye, gonna... right? I don't yes, know why I it's think called I... that. But Jesus was I don't master. know either. <laughs> it sounds like subtly racist, um, but but um, I'm a little Irish, but I take no offense at that. Yeah. Um, I th I think I think there are there, and I've heard some other versions. Uh, you know, throw in any uh, country of uh, of origin for anyone, and I've heard a different version for it like that. But yes, there is a way of leaving, and I think on the patio at church we do that too. 
Have you ever done that on like on a patio? Of tr- you show up and you're like, hey, I'm here. This is great. You might shake hands with someone. But if you really like are busy and you need to get somewhere, it's best to like put your head down yeah. and just go. Yeah. Like just go. Don't stop. Don't grab a cup of coffee. Don't grab a donut. Uh, don't say hi to that one person you want to say hi to. Don't sign up for that small group you wanted to sign up for. Just like straight line to the car. And, you know, I, I get it. Sometimes we get busy. Jesus has like very, he's very intentional with what he's doing here. I think even like bringing it back to the first couple of verses, something that I find fascinating is because this is in John 7. So it's pretty early on yeah. in Jesus's ministry. And he already knew that people wanted to kill him. And obviously he's mm-hmm. fully God. And so he knows all things, but that was already so well known so early on and because of that, he had to be like pretty aware of the decisions he was making and how he was presenting himself and when and to who. Because he knew that even though he was going to die and that was going to happen to him, he knew that there was still work to be done in the middle, like in in that in-between time when he was becoming a public figure who knew that the end was not going to be really what he wanted, but knew that that needed to happen. Um, he was still so cognizant of his mission and why he was there that he was like, well, I'm not going to go to this festival, even though that's where people would expect me to be. Um, I'm not going to do that because that could somehow inhibit my mission before it is my time to die. And it's crazy. Like, you know, we, we talk about being sneaky. He's being sneaky because, or at least a part of this that's in here is there are people who are trying to kill him. I've, I mean, I've had people who maybe didn't like me. Um, I've had a friend who got mad at me and like wanted to get in a fight. And this is like fifth grade. So (laughs) I don't know how much it counts, but you know, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get in a fight with you. We're going to get in a fight. And I was like, no, like I didn't want to get in a fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the feeling of knowing that someone wants to attack you or someone wants like harm to befall you in any way uh, is very unsettling. Like the stress of that is a big deal. And I've had to, you know, maybe I've run away from conversations I didn't want to be in, uh, but I've never had to run for my life. Have you ever had to run for your life, Morgan? No, I don't think, I'm sure people have to do that, but I've never experienced that or like a deep fear for your own like physical safety. And yeah, yeah, and then lucky that I haven't been in that situation. So it says verse two, right? That they're looking, or verse one, they're looking for a way to kill him. Uh, In Judea, the Jewish leaders want to kill him. And so the festival's happening, and Jesus' own brothers are like, hey, uh, get out of here and go up to Judea. And then they give this false reason. They're like, hey, so that your disciples are going to see the works that you do. Uh, But it tells us in verse five that his brothers don't even believe him, right? Which in some ways, and I don't know if this is true, but maybe his own brothers were at this time were like, hey, uh, get out of here because you're causing us trouble. Get out of here and go over there because we know that the proper authorities will like take care of you. <laughs> Whatever that means, right? Yeah. These people want to kill him and his brothers are like pushing him out the door. And mm-hmm. so to Jesus, I don't know, maybe that felt like a pretty big betrayal. Maybe for him, it felt like, you know, he knew kind of the larger purpose of it. Uh, he knew the bigger picture. Um, but in the moment, man, that had to be, that had to, that would have to feel like ultimate betrayal to have your brothers telling you to, to go to the place that is not safe for you to be. Yeah. And like you were saying, it 
reminds me so much of like the vision that we have for our lives and our purposes and then the vision that God has for life and purpose and the disciples and his brothers, they had a very narrow view of what Jesus was supposed to be. I mean, the Jewish people, like Jesus is going to come and be like this great Messiah who's going to take down the power of Rome and like destroy our enemies and just this very like military warrior Jesus. And Jesus was like, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing here. And just had such a bigger vision of what his time on earth was going to be. And it's hard for his disciples and brothers to, it's hard to get those visions to align. They don't align very often. And I think pretty obvious in this time, uh, they're saying no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. They're like, this is the way you should be doing this. This is the way of the world. If you want to get followers, like you better get up there and start talking and get people to follow you. But Jesus is like, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And that will have the lasting impact. And I, I think it, there's just something so true that the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Mm. Um, and that that becomes, I think, kind of evident here, right? Jesus would enter into Jerusalem during a festival uh, and his time would come. He would be betrayed. He would die and he would ultimately be resurrected and appear to everyone. And um, and then at another festival of you know Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would be there. I mean, this amazing stuff is going to happen during a festival season. And it seems like this would be the right time for it. And for him to go into Jerusalem or to go into the festival would seem like a good thing. And in fact, he ends up actually going there, but in the way that his brothers would want him to do it, it's not the right thing. Mm -hmm. The timing of it isn't right. And he even, he says that verse six, right? My time is not yet here for you. Any time will work. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify that its works are evil. And that is something too that I just want to bring up because I know that, um, you know, this can be a little bit crazy, but people who have kind of a, a gift of what they call, you know, prophecy or prophetic words, or uh, there's folks out there that have a gift in that and they're able to call out truth. Um, and they're able to do that even with God's power. And, and unfortunately, and it's one of those gifts that is like kind of a cool gift, but at the same time, it's like not one that is usually well received. So if you go out calling out truth, I mean, just think about it. Like if you could only tell truth, uh, if that was like uh, someone waved a magic wand, Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't have a ton of friends maybe at first. (laughs) Like if someone said, hey, how's my hair? And you're like, it looks pretty terrible. (laughs) Or, right. Or, or, uh, you know, uh, someone said, hey, you know, how do you like these new clothes I bought? And like, they looked pretty much the same as what you always wear. Um, Mm -hmm. it, It just... You're not going to make friends when you call out the truth. And I think Jesus calls out the truth and he's calling out the truth on powerful people. And when we call out truth to institutions of power, uh, what ends up happening is you end up, the person who's the messenger, so to speak, ends up drawing all the fire from the criticism. And so Jesus is like, yeah, the world's not going to be happy with me because I'm calling it out for its works. Interestingly enough, though, in the midst of that, he does tell his brothers to go to the festival. He does tell them that he's not going. And he says, because my time has not yet come. And then he goes to the festival. So here's a difficult thing that I want you to think about. Did Jesus lie? (laughs) Did Did Jesus tell a white lie here? 
That's a hard question, right? I, it is a hard question. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think there's an answer to this because Jesus says, yeah, I'm not going up to the festival because my time hasn't come. And then after that, right, he, he goes. Yeah, it makes me think of, and I don't, this doesn't answer the question of if he lied or not, but his response sure. of telling the disciples, I'm not going up to the festival I wonder if that could, if we use some imagination, be expanded into, I'm not going up to the festival in the way you think I would be going up to the festival. Exactly. But I'm going to the festival in the way that is the right way to go to the festival for me right now. So that's probably how I would start to kind of poke around with that question. But He went in secret uh, instead, verse 10, which is a cool cool way to show up. But I... Again, I want to bring us back to our experience of going to church. Have you ever tried to go to church in secret? I think that there have been times, I think back to some Sundays when I was in college and I had had a rough week or just wasn't really, I was like, I'm going to church right now because I know that's what I should do. And I don't really Hmm. want to be here right now. Um, And it was kind of during a phase of I was at a new church because of some reasons and I didn't really know a ton of people yet. And I was like, I'm going to go in there. I don't want to talk to anybody and I'm going to leave. <laughs> like it was one of those things. And I think even in that, like it was not a secret. Like there were still people. I think that's the beauty of the church is there were still people sitting next to me in like hmm, the pews yeah. and there were still people around me and, I always think back to this idea of if you can't sing, there are other people who will sing for you. Um, and that's why the church is so special because it's, you can come, even if you think you're coming in secret and Jesus thought, okay, I'm coming in secret. Like I'm not, I'm not going to make a scene or anything. And there's still people talking about him. And if you think you're going to church in secret, there's still people around you who, know that you're there and people who are there and singing for you and praying over you, you might not even know it. So I think that that's a cool thing about being a Christian is that you can't, as much as you try to hide and run. And I think of like Jonah too, like he was supposed to go tell this like prophetic message and he was like, I'm going to run, like I'm going to hide. I don't want to do this. Um, But God still draws him back and, he can't run away forever. We can't be in hiding forever. Jesus doesn't say, I'm never, my time will never come. It's just that my time hasn't come yet. And, you know, you look at it and you wonder, you know, when Jesus did eventually enter Jerusalem in the last week of his life, he did so, you know, riding on a donkey. Uh, people were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it became like a big thing. Mm-hmm. It was a big thing. And so, I think Jesus is is saying here, like, this is not, this isn't the one. This isn't the time to come in that way. He does need to go. He knows he needs to go. And he knows he has to, he ends up doing teaching, you know, verse 14. We're not going to go all the way there. But uh, the result of this is Jesus ends up going into the, into the festival and he does, he does give some teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So he does have a purpose to going. And one thing that I think is so fascinating about this is all the people who are there are still going to church so to speak, their version of, of church, this festival time. You know, you have people who are there for maybe bad reasons. You have people who are there just for, for family reasons. Jesus' brothers are there, and they all end up being there, and Jesus ends up being there. 
And I think that's a good kind of picture of when we gather for church, you know, we don't know what's inside someone's heart. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know the timing of it. But what we do know is that God can use it all. I think something that is convicting to me and um, is the last verse. And it's saying, it's kind of talking about how people are chattering back and forth of, well, I heard this, I heard this and kind of trying to piece it together. And uh, the last verse says, but no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. And I always just imagine what would have happened if someone did say something positive or negative, like what scene would have erupted and I think it's convicting as a follower of Christ now of, are we living in fear of the leaders? Are we living in fear of maybe like, this was my experience in high school. I felt like I was the only Christian and I was like, well, I'm not going to like say something to like a random kid in my class or like anything like that. Like, am I living my faith in fear of other people or in fear of getting it right or getting it wrong? And I think that it's, just an important thing to think about. Like, why are you expressing your faith in the way that you are? Is it in fear? Is it in, I don't know what else, but just something to think about. You think about proclaiming your faith. What does that look like? Well, it says um, later on down in this passage on the last, this is verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, not a whisper, not in a secret voice, in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus proclaims truth in a loud voice, uh, even during this time, um, even during this festival on the last day. So, Morgan, I have to ask you, on your high school campus, when you were in high school, what was it like for you to proclaim Jesus? Yeah, I think... I wouldn't say that I did a ton of it until my like junior year of high school when I started being in leadership of this club called Faith Club. And in a leadership position, we were asked to speak and kind of give little talks. They're like five minutes long. But I think that's kind of when I started realizing, oh, I was given this platform to speak to students. And at that time, the club was growing and just kind of being like, oh, there's like a hundred students that are like listening to me right now. Like that's kind of scary and overwhelming, especially when you're not really prepared for that. But I think that's kind of when I started becoming a person of faith on my campus and people were like, Oh, you do faith club. Like that's cool. Or they knew that I was the one who like gave the talk the week before or something like that. So I think that was really a big way that I proclaimed God on my campus was through even just like organizing that club or like doing the grunt work of that club, like setting up a hundred chairs every week and tearing them down and stuff like that. Um, and then once you kind of start to, I don't, I don't really like the word reputation, but I guess get a reputation of, Oh, well you lead faith club. Like people start to notice how you live your life. And if you do that differently from other people, like, Oh, why don't you go to the parties or why don't, you like gossip or why don't you cuss like these types of things and just being able to like be a living breathing example of Christ every day on campus even when I wasn't like super aware of it or like being super intentional about it but just because I like had that platform almost of being 
the person who talks at faith club or something like that. So I think it is, especially if you feel like you are one of the only Christians at your school and you know that people kind of know that you go to church and maybe you don't, I think an encouragement would be, even if you don't like present the gospel to your like seat partner in bio or something like that. Like, I think a lot of times (laughs) Christians are like, Oh, well you need to like spread the gospel and like bring people to Christ. And it's always this huge radical thing. And I think when you feel alone in that, especially on like a high school campus, it can be really overwhelming and you feel like you're failing in your faith. Um, But just an encouragement of if people know that you go to church and know that you believe in God, just how you live your life is going to be a testament to who God is. And that's going to be proclaiming the gospel and showing people what being a Christian is. And that's not meant to be something that's scary or I hope I don't mess this up, but it's really exciting that you get to be a light on your campus and that you have the Holy Spirit in you. And I used to like in between class periods, like I would just pray as I was walking from class to class. And that was a really easy way to be like, okay, like let's recenter, let's refocus. Even if I feel alone in this, like I'm praying over these people that I'm walking alongside right now. Great point. You know, I, and I think kind of like you're saying, it's like, don't, don't, uh, underestimate the small things Mm -hmm. that you do. Um, I know for me in eighth grade, it was a really big deal. I wanted to take a stand on my campus, but I was an eighth grader. And, you know, most people who are in eighth grade, you don't feel comfortable doing pretty much anything, (laughs) especially standing out. That's like the worst thing in middle school is to stand out. That's what just, it's like, that's typically, by the way, if you're an eighth grade person listening to this and you, you know this all too well, Uh, When you walk onto campus, you don't want to be the one that everyone knows. You kind of want to just, you know, go with the flow. That's what always feels best because you don't want the attention of all the teachers and all the students. So for me, what I decided to do, and it was my simple, simple thing, was just to carry a Bible with me in my hand. And, and I, I didn't know how to preach about the gospel. I didn't know what, what I would say. I didn't know how to have start a conversation about faith with people who were around me. But I did know that the Bible was important to me. And so I just started carrying it with me. I put it in my backpack. I would take it out and just kind of have it in my hand at certain times. Uh, it would remind me that I was a Christian, that I did want to live by God's word, and that I did want to pray for my school. And so those things would start to happen. And that eventually led to uh, the sh- one of the shortest and smallest Christian clubs at my middle school that um, I think ever existed. We had a club. I started it and we didn't have a room. We couldn't get a room for it. So we sat outside on a wall and it was me and one other guy. And sometimes two or three other guys would join her up and we would read a Bible, say a prayer and then go back to lunch. It was like a pretty simple thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but knowing that God works um, in those small, simple things is is incredible. And also, I think like you said, Morgan, that's super important is that in this example, we have Jesus um, seeming like he's, he's alone in this. Um, and I think we need to remember, even when Jesus is proclaiming, making that proclamation later in verse 37, he's referencing the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus is never alone, and you're never alone in what you're doing. God is with you. Uh, but God also gives us this fellowship with other believers. And so if you do want to go out on your campus and you do want to proclaim uh, God's word, and you do want more people to know the freedom that's found in Jesus. Um, you don't have to do that on your own. 
there are other people who will go with you. There's other people who God probably here's, here's one thought. If God is prompted and put it on your heart right now, um, when you're thinking about the fall and you're thinking about going back to school and you're thinking about what can you start, what can you do on your high school campus or your middle school campus, know that if God's prompting that in your heart, he's, he's most likely prompting that in the hearts of other Christians who maybe don't even go to your church, go to a different church. Right. Uh, and so you guys are going to be able to come together to do something that's pretty amazing. So um, I am excited about this passage. I'm excited about what's happening or what can happen on high school campuses. Yeah. So I think an encouragement for this week and a challenge for this week would be to think of how you want to show up to your campus in the fall. Um, Jesus didn't show up to the tabernacle, having it all figured out, being having this great plan. Like I'm going to preach all these different sermons. I'm going to bring all these people to Christ. Like that was not his intention. He kind of just snuck in there. And so think of maybe a way that you could kind of get your faith in there a little bit, um, almost pull a Jesus move at the tabernacle and know that that's going to lead you to greater things because Jesus didn't just stop at just kind of hanging out and laying low. He ended up preaching and he ended up doing so much more at that festival than was his original goal of being there. So know that God will call you to more, but it always starts with just showing up and being present. So if that looks like praying in between classes, if that looks like carrying a Bible with you, if that looks like inviting a friend to a youth thing or the possibilities really are endless. So maybe this week, just think about some creative ways that you could incorporate faith into your daily time on campus and see where God takes that. I love that. And I think that's a great rule for the road for us. Um, Step one, show up. All right, everyone. Uh, As always, if you have any questions or comments or want to talk to us about anything that we've said here, feel free to check that out on the link in this podcast and you can get a hold of Morgan or myself or Patrick. And we look forward to seeing you again with another Devo with Patrick, Jamie and Morgan. Bye.